Hello and welcome back to the Catch the Blitz podcast. I'm Thomas Parkernick, joined by Christian Catanacci. As always, episode 16, the Christmas special. That's yes, what we're calling today's episode. It is episode. the Christmas special. It's December 20th today. Um, I should have dressed up as Santa Claus. Man. Yeah, I, I mean, think I, of that. I got nothing going on that's festive with me at all, but I'm feeling it. And that's I, th- I think that's that counts for enough. It's the season. Christmas is just a, a couple days away. This is actually our last episode before a little mini holiday break. Christmas break. You're going uh, down south down to see south. my dolphins? Yeah, I'm going. Uh, not going to see the dolphins, but I'm going to actually watch the Orange Bowl. I'm going to watch Clemson and Tennessee play um, on on New Year's, the eve of New Year's Eve. Okay, so the 30th. So, yes, yeah, so the 30th. I'm going to watch the Orange Bowl. Uh, it should be fun. I always uh, catch that game down there. It used to be way better. Um, I remember one year the, you saw... Was it Alabama and Oklahoma? I saw Alabama, like Oklahoma. I saw, Clem- I saw Clemson, Alabama there before. I've seen like three semifinals. Um, I saw I saw Watson. I saw Kyler. I saw Tua. I saw Baker. Not bad. I sat in Alabama student section once, and it was awesome. It was so cool. I was wearing a Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma jersey, and I was sitting in the Alabama section. I got heckled a bit, but hey, I'm riding for my guy, Baker. Even, you know what? The OG listeners, when I was riding for Baker week one, this is seven, that's a seven-year ride with me and Baker. Back to Oklahoma days, I was riding for him, and uh, I mean, where's that gotten you? Nowhere. But that's not the point. I just show, I just stay true to my teams. Okay, that's fair. I respect that. You know, yeah. I'm, I don't got the diamond hands. You, I don't, you bail on the does. Panthers though. Yeah, I bailed on the Panthers because they bail on Baker. Okay, and now so you're on my line. I'm a rider diver Baker. Now everyone's on my lines. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm all I'm all who won, who won again this week, and and we're gonna start we're gonna start today's show by by talking about this week. I feel a lot of times we'll we'll use the word like wow. That was the craziest week of football we've ever seen. And that happens like three or four times a season in the NFL. It's just, it's that, it's that great of a league. Yeah. There's so much action, suspense, all that drama. Um, But this week, I feel like it's actually justifiable to say that because we had Saturday football, which I always love personally. I'm not really a college guy. I love Saturday. So I love that there's like two or three weekends a year later in the season where they do Saturday football. There's less clutter on Sundays. Um, We had the the biggest comeback in NFL history in the Vikings coming back from 33-0 against the Colts. Matt Ryan does it again. Yep. We had that. We had the wildest ending to a football game ever, which if I told you before the game that the game was going to end like that, you would never, ever think that that was possible in the Patriots just fumbling away. I don't even know if that could even be doomed, deemed a fumble, whatever that was. But One of the most bizarre ends to a game ever. Um, and I, The Jaguars, Jaguars also ending on back, a like there was tip just, pick. And then the Bengals, like they overcame 17 points. Like This was like literally the comeback. Sunday night football controversy too. Last play of the game, yeah. a lot of people want to flag there. Yeah. Like there were so many different storylines this week that it was just an... It wasn't really awesome week of football. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, you can't. Again, everyone, like you mentioned, everyone goes and says on the Monday, "Oh, that was the greatest week ever." But this week, like, you know, there's there's some good. If we're looking back at it, there's not many weeks, at least that I can remember so far this season, that would necessarily top sort of the action that we saw this weekend. Like we start with the Vikings. The Vikings were plus thirty five hundred. At half, meaning that if you put ten dollars down, you would made three hundred fifty bucks. Like we're talking big, like that's a big, big. Obviously, the biggest NFL comeback in sorry, the biggest comeback in NFL history, and it's led by none other than 
one o'clock merchant, Kirk Cousins, the greatest one o'clock quarterback of all time. And I think this this cements it, right? And are, are we putting him in goat status at one o'clock games? It's it's he he was literally to start the game. Obviously, it's on a Saturday. He's playing against Jeff Saturday, who you'd think would be the king of Saturdays. And the first half started exactly that way. And you're like, oh my gosh, the Colts are killing them. But it was it was all defense and special teams. Yeah. And it was all at the fault of the Vikings. So in my head, I was kind of thinking like, okay, if the Vikings just get a little bit of momentum on offense, this game could change. And I think Kirk realized that Saturday at 1 o'clock and Sunday at 1 o'clock, it's still 1 o'clock. It's not prime time. Yeah. Even though it's a standalone game, it's not prime time. No, it's still 1 o'clock. And he just he just turned on the Jets. He turned it on. And he found J-Jets a ton. You said they were plus 3,500 at plus half. Plus 3,500 at half. I wasn't that sharp, but I did get them at plus... A thousand. You know what? That's still pretty quarter. sharp. That's pretty sharp. Yeah. So I, I only put ten bucks on it. I was like, ah, what the heck? Why not? Um, but that was nice. So yeah, I was you, you I was rooting hard. I was rooting for for the storyline. I like Matt Ryan, but I think I was I and, and maybe this is about to say I was rooting for the storyline of Oh yeah. We were we were texting another, yeah. We were texting each other. We were like, This would be so good for content <laughs> if the Vikings were just to come back. And then yeah. at one point we were cheering like we were Vikings fans just so we could get content out because it's true. Like you, that I mean Look, comebacks make storylines, and storylines sort of make our brand. So that's why, I mean, no hard feelings to the Colts. But I, I don't want to say, I, I can't sit here and say, oh, I saw the comeback coming. But in the back of my mind, like we're talking about a Colts team that gave up 33 points in a quarter like yeah. two weeks ago against the Cowboys. So they were susceptible of giving up leads and giving them up fast. And then, like you said, the, the start of the, the second half, it was just complete and utter domination by the Vikings. And... The Vikings could have done, could have got it done way before that too. Like they had multiple chances. As Jalen Rieger had a mental mistake, instead of continuing his route, overthrow, whatever one you call it. But the Vikings had multiple chances to close this off with with some time left in regulation, which is insane to think about. Um, and the story continues for Matt Ryan: twenty-eight to three, thirty-three nothing. I think we could stamp Kirk as the Hall of Fame one o'clock quarterback, but we could also say that. Hall of Fame choker. Matt Ryan, call it a choker, whatever you want. I think the guy is just cursed. I think it's a curse. Like, I mean, this one's a little different because th- there's there's literally no stakes here. You're finishing out a treacherous year on a bad football team. It happened, like, it, it made it worse. It was almost salt in the wounds that it, was a, it happened to be a standalone game. Like, this isn't talked about as much if this was 1 o'clock on a Sunday where there's seven other games going on. It would still be talked about, yeah. but it wouldn't be as in the limelight. Um, you wouldn't have us posting seven seven yeah, different exactly. uh, content pieces on it. The one thing I want to talk about with all this is is Jeff Saturday and in in the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, uh, I you know it it was an eyebrow raiser of a hire when Jim Mercer just just brought in Jeff Saturday midway through the season, no experience at all. He's working for ESPN, high school coach. We talked about it on the show the next week. We we're kind of like, okay, what's going on over here? And that was pretty much the reaction from everybody. Um, he's had his chance now. He's had a number of weeks. They've only won one game, and it was against the Las Vegas Raiders, who, if you think the Colts are chokers, <laughs> wait, wait until you see these guys. Like, is it safe to say now at this point that the Jeff Saturday experiment is just, it's going to be a thing of the past very soon, and it was it was ultimately a disaster? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, it, I mean, he had a glimmer of hope. Like, assuming that game ended up, they ended up coming back. Even if the Vikings came back and put it within a score and the Colts ended up winning, I think we could, you could make the case, okay, maybe bring him back. But I think that's all out the window now, right? Yeah. Like, that was, one, that was like one of the most embarrassing losses that I've ever seen. 
And I've seen some embarrassing losses as a Cowboy fan for 20 years. I've seen some crazy embarrassing losses. I just don't know if I've seen something as as wild as as that. And I mean, it's going to be a tough sell if if you're Jim Irsay and and you're talking at a press conference for a Jeff Saturday extension, yeah. preaching to your fan base and and your then the media saying that this is the right hire for the direction of our franchise. I don't see it personally. Hey, is there a role for for Jeff Saturday as an assistant coach somewhere on the coaching staff? Yeah, sure. I think he's clearly relatable to the players. He he's a former player. He's got I mean played with one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Um, the I, I don't want to say he's he's ready to be a, in a high sort of um, high high stake situation or. or like as a head coach or even offensive defensive coordinator, or whatever that is. But I think maybe you could bring him on as an assistant coach, a positions coach, maybe an offensive line coach, and let him work his way up. But I think it's fair to say that the experiment has sort of been a failure. Yeah, it seems like he can get his players to play for him, which is always good to have. I just don't know if his schemes and and all that, like the X's and O's of the game are just as advanced as guys who are more experienced in this coaching realm. Even the young head coaches now, your Sean McVay's, your your Kyle Shanahan's, your Matt LaFleur's, they've been coaches for like almost 20 yeah. years. Yeah, like because Mike, they, Mike they, McDaniel's been in the league for like 16 years. Yeah. And he's like 35. So it's just goes to show you that age and experience are, are sometimes different. And yeah, mm-hmm. Jeff Saturday's young, but... He also doesn't have the coaching experience. Yes. He has the playing experience, which obviously we know goes a long way. He obviously knows a ton about football. He knows about winning, being an all-pro center his whole career. Um, but I just—it's at this point when you when you blow a lead like that, and when the Colts have just been a disaster since he took over, and they were a disaster before. Let's not kid ourselves, but it hasn't gotten much better. I just think it's time to, to part ways. Yeah, it's it's the outlook of the Colts. It it seems like they're a few years away it from being like a few years it's away. One of the worst outlooks in all of football. Right yeah, now. like I don't know how that. If you're a head coach or a head coaching candidate, I should say, like, how are you looking at that that Colts job and be like, yeah, that's where I want to be. I mean, the O line is used to be like one of the best in the league. It's nowhere near that right now. Your best player is a running back, Jonathan Taylor, and your best player hasn't even performed yeah. up to that level. Got no sight of a quarterback yeah like your wide receiver one is is good but is he really true wide receiver one i don't think so their defense is solid but i mean outside of the forest buckner i mean sure they have darius leonard or shaquille, 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 leonard. shaquille leonard yeah they got a bunch of old sort of veterans that it's, are on the tail end of their career it's a not a good situation yeah I, i'm not looking it does not look promising for at least the next couple of years when it comes to the colts and again it, it's it becomes it comes down to it how do you sell that to a potential head coaching candidate in the offseason. Which almost makes me wonder, will they have anybody other than Jeff Saturday to to, to, to <laughs> sign? I was going to take the job. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I guess. May, you know what? Maybe we're spitballing. Yeah. Obviously, again, we don't know. They're going to have Josh but, McDaniels. Josh McDaniels turned them down a couple years ago. He's coming right back when, <laughs> when the Raiders send him right to the curb. No, I don't think the Raiders are sending him nowhere. I'm telling you, they can't. They can't afford it. They, they already bought out too many head coaching contracts in the it's true I'm no, telling you they yeah. actually that's actually a real issue and I don't think people realize that we'll save that for another day but the Raiders do not have the cash to buy out yet another head coaching ca- uh, contract because they just we're talking John Gruden or Jay or yeah John, John Gruden. Gruden yeah he's still that paid. massive contract he, remember there's that remember that website where it's like how much is John Gruden earning per minute do you I, remember I, that I know he's he it was a 10-year deal it was, was crazy there was literally like a website 
how much does John Gruden make per year website watch? There, it was literally a website, and it was like a live ticker of someone how he, they, they had it set up. I'm, I'm oh, is oh, okay, I guess they changed it to is Gruden gone yet, but it was something. There was something, look, it says yes. Um, <laughs> it was literally, there was, I know some, I know there's people that, are, that will remember it because that contract was like crazy coming out of the booth. They gave him all this money in the world and they had to pay that out. They had to buy that contract out early. I don't know. Again, one year into Josh McDaniels, I said Josh McDaniels on our podcast, like a week three, I said he's the worst head coach in the league. I mean, it's not, it's not just like Raiders fans are done with him, but it's, it's at the point now where like Derek Carr, okay. He's had a, he's had a bad season. I mean, yeah. it's it's just not been good. It's not been at the standard that I think we know he's capable of. Last year, he had to shoulder a lot. They overcame so much adversity, led them to the playoffs. Yeah, it was the Raiders earned the respect of so many people, including myself, last year. Um, this year, it's been a disaster. But he's had so many head coaches now. He's been the starting quarterback there for so long. Yeah, like through so many years. bad teams. How many quarterbacks can stick around through so many bad teams in this day and age in the NFL? Yeah. Now a couple of bad seasons there, you're gone. We're, we're getting someone else. He's been there for a long time because most of it is not always to his fault yes. why they've been so bad. I, I think that line is now done. Like they're not gonna give him a new head coach. It's cars gone and McDan- I'm telling you, they're going to keep, if it comes down to it, which I think it's going to, they're going to keep McDaniels over Derek Carr. They will. Yeah, because no, it goes back to it, Because it goes back to the fact that they can't afford to buy out yet another head coaching can, uh, contract. And say what you want about Derek Carr. I've always had pretty strong opinion about him. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't put him in the upper echelon. I consider him around the same as Kirk Cousins. Um, and I think you can win games with Derek Carr. Like if Derek Carr were to go to, let's say, the Jets... Next year, I think that's a solid fit. But I'm not necessarily going to be banging the table here as, as an owner. If I was the owner of the Raiders, I'm going to say, okay, look, we can't buy out Josh McDaniels. Let's see if we can match him with a quarterback and see if next year is any better. I don't think that they're going to go through this another Derek Carr experiment because they don't have patience for it anymore. I I, I don't believe it. Uh, I will, I'll have to see it to sort of believe it. But... I think that's sort of the situation that's going down. It's going down that road for Derek Carr. And I mean, again, great guy, like says all the right things. He's a, a pro. He's a pro, right? Like there's no other way to put it. He's a pro. He handles, he's, he's had to deal with so much crap when it comes with the Raiders over the last couple of years. And, and just like you mentioned, there's been so many bad Raider teams that he's stuck around this whole time. So it's going to be a little bit bittersweet. I, I'm sure for Raiders fans to see him walk out the door. Um, but I think his time is nearing it, nearing an end sooner rather than, than later, especially when it, when it comes to who's going to last longer between him and McDaniels. I love how we're talking about all of this as if the Raiders just lost because the way that they won that game was a Raiders way to lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It was not a Patriots way to lose a no, football game. De- it was a Raiders, not. it was a Raiders definitely game not. to lose, but let's talk about the Patriots. Cause I mean, they might be just as dysfunctional, if not even worse, um, than, than the Raiders are, and, and it starts with, with their coaching staff. The, the offense is a complete disaster, and it's it's a marvel that the Patriots even still have a chance to make the playoffs. I think it's a testament to how good their defense is, um, it's a testament to their run game, and I think even you have to give a little bit of credit to Mac Jones. I know what he's doing this year is not glamorous, but, I mean, show me someone who's going to have even a sliver of success in that system with that defensive coordinator calling nothing but screens. Yeah. 
Jacoby Myers as his wide receiver. As his wide receiver one, exactly. It's 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 such a disaster. Yeah, like that. The I mean, you look at their team, and a lot of people did see it coming. Again, I think that, in my opinion, this season has been a plus. If we're looking at their out, if we're looking at what I thought they would do before, I didn't think they would be at seven wins, right? Yeah. Or are they at seven, six or seven? Regardless, I thought this was like a legit bad football team. I thought we were going to win around four or five games. And I just didn't see it, I, especially with Patricia at offensive coordinator. The fact that they're still sort of hanging on to a glimmer of hope to get into the postseason is, I guess, a plus. But look, I don't think Mac Jones is ever want to be an elite level quarterback. I think that his ceiling is around Kirk Cousins. We use Kirk Cousins as a, as a, as a bad thing. But Kirk Cousins is still a guy that you can win a lot of games with. Um, he'll take you to the playoffs. I don't think he's ever going to win. You. You're never going to win a game because of Kirk Cousins. But I think that's sort of the same thing with Mac Jones. I don't know, though, if all this stuff that's happening with the Patriots, just it could stunt the guy's growth. And and you could see it negatively affect Mac Jones' long-term future in this league, right? He's in his second year now. And he had a very promising rookie year. It wasn't anything elite by any standards, but he was he was... Made the playoffs. I mean, they got destroyed in the playoffs last year, but it wasn't necessarily because of Mac Jones. But now you look at what you do. Your, like your sophomore season as a quarterback is so, so important, right? Mm-hmm. You either take that step or you take a, a step back. And I think Mac Jones, it's not necessarily his fault, but he's taken a step or even two steps back just because of the fact that they surrounded him with a defensive coordinator at offensive coordinator. Yeah. And a awful defensive coordinator and head coach in general. Their receiving group is is very poor. I mean, Ronjay Stevenson is very good. I think he's a emerging young running back, but it's a running back. Their offensive lines is is decent. I mean, they have some really good players on it, but the team as a whole, it just feels like we're talking about one of the in the in the Brady era, they used to be the smartest, most disciplined team in the league. Like they used to be the blueprint for a well-coached well-organized and just a team that's just going to execute every Sunday. And now they just look lost. Yeah, it's a disaster. It's like, it's like nothing's, nothing's clicking there. Yeah. Um, and you talk about stunting growth of, of Mac Jones. I think someone has to go go check on him physically because I think his, his legs might still be implanted in, in Allegiant <laughs> Stadium after Chandler Jones just barreled him into the <laughs> ground. Um, I guess like we, we, we spent so much time talking about both these teams that we, we've hardly ever touched on that play. Um I don't know, like <laughs> just kneel it, just kneel it and go so, over. So to me, and and I do believe this, and I I think it was either it was Myers or Ramondre Stevenson. Both of them, I listened to both their uh, media availabilities after the game, and they were both very accountable for for what happened. And I think it was Ramondre that said the play call was was literally just to run the ball. Um, and he was the one who chose to lateral, lateral it after it. he had such a burst and he was thinking, oh, we're only 25, 30 yards away. Why not? Let's try to get a play there. I think once that happened, something just clicked in Jacoby Myers' his head. Maybe he was thinking like, are we losing? Like, why did he lateral me the ball? Are we losing? Do we need to score? Do I have to be a hero? Yeah, maybe he panicked a little bit. Yeah, I just think maybe it was poor situational awareness. I don't know. But what did he see? I don't know what he saw either because it was... There's two people back there. Mac Jones, Chandler Jones. Yeah, you're going to so throw it to Mac Jones? Pick, Mac Jones pick your running. Jones between those two in terms of who's going to get to a ball first <laughs> and who's going to make an open field tackle. I know who I'm picking. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I get it. Like, like plays happen. 
in in such high yeah. speeds and it's like who am i to say like oh what a stupid play <laughs> yeah by, by an NFL wide receiver but I, I, it's 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 funny how it happened i've never seen anything like no, that in my never, life never and it was just such a climactic way to end such an already controversial game because like first we had the the catch in, in the end zone for the raiders to tie it yeah which a lot which of people don't think should have counted yeah and no one's even, you know, through You're all this. talking about that. No, no one's even talking about the fact that the Raiders were up 17 to 3 <laughs> at halftime and have blown five double digit leads when they're leading at half this year so far. Five. It's, in, it's embarrassing, yeah. these guys. Yeah. That was like a. Oh. I, I mean, I was so confused because I had my Christmas party that this on Sunday. So I didn't have access to all the TVs that I have at home. But I had my computer and I had the normal TV. And I. I eventually started doing work on my computer and I had the game on, on the thing. So I shut off Red Zone and I was just watching the main, t- the main TV, which was the Bucks and the Chiefs at that time. Um, not the Bucks and the Chiefs, the Bucks and the Bengals at that time. So I am start working on some, some um, content and then I see all my, the Twitter just starts blowing up. Patriots, what the heck's going on? Raiders, what, what, what? I'm like, what's going on? And then I flip back to the thing and... Dazit or Dazon, whatever, however you want to call it, whatever you want to call it, the streaming service was a little bit behind. So I literally turned it on as Jacoby Myers has the ball here and I see him throw it back. And Chandler Jones, it looked like I didn't even see Mac Jones on the broadcast. So I have no idea where the heck he thought Mac Jones was. It goes right to Chandler Jones. Stiff arms, rude as stiff arm, by the way. That was like a yeah. Derrick Henry level stiff arm. Mac Jones is a couple feet under. He probably had to get, you know, some teammates to help him out of that uh, crater. But. And then the game was done right there. I was, oh, if I was a Patriots fan, I would be livid. And if I was a Raiders fan, I would honestly be pretty livid too. Because like we were so close to yet blowing another. Yeah, if I'm a Raiders fan, it's like, that's, that is how we have to win. That's the only way we can win. (laughs) When you have seven, when when you have have a lead, a double digit lead. That's it. Yeah. Because we all know who was losing that game if that went to overtime. Oh, yeah. We absolutely. all know how that game Absolutely. Was absolutely. We had the content ready. We were ready for 0-5 Raiders. We're going to post it again because it seems to be going that year for the Raiders. But Jacoby Myers has some other plans. I guess, we, I guess it's safe to say that Jacoby Myers doesn't have a career as a quarterback. No. If he ever wants to I make a position I think he's thrown a touchdown pass before in his career, unless it's another... Well, he just did. He threw a touchdown pass on Sunday, too. Bourne. He threw it on Sunday? Yeah, just to the Raiders. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll talk about a, a quarterback who actually throws real touchdown passes, and, I mean, he's getting pretty good at it. He didn't throw any this Sunday, but he, he rushed for three, three rushing touchdowns, and that's Jalen Hurts. You said it last week on the podcast. He's your MVP right now. I'm still on the Mahomes train, and... The books out of nowhere, I mean, we always say Vegas knows everything. They do, by the Huge way. shift in not only Jalen Hurts' MVP odds this week, or actually yesterday, just went down by quite a bit. Also, Eagles-Cowboys. Yeah, it opened up at one. For the Cowboys. Yeah, and, and then it, it went up to minus five for the Cowboys. Yes, but early on in the morning, I noticed that it went to one and a half, and then it was at three at one point. Mm-hmm. And this is way before, this is like two hours before Adam Schefter came out and reported that Jalen Hurts is, or I think it was Adam Schefter, or maybe it was Jeff Hull, um, the Eagles reporter, some someone. I, I don't want to sort of miss up who gets credit with the scoop nowadays, because you know that's very important uh, is. in uh, today's journalism world. But Jalen Hurts, he's dealing with a, what they're calling it a sprained shoulder, 
to his right arm. I know there wasn't also confusion. People were saying that it was left arm. Well, he it's was throwing right. rockets in the fourth quarter. It was his right arm. Yeah, he did. He ended up staying in the game. He obviously stayed in the game. He went for 6 for 10 or 7 for 10 with like 110 yards after that. So he ended up, did he did play through it. And they're saying that he could miss the next few games. Um, people said two games. And then Sirianni came out today and said that he they're not ruling him out for Sunday. That's I think that's just, obviously, yeah. they're just making sure that the Cowboys stay on their feet. I think it's safe to assume that Minshew will be going for Sunday. Um, so it's a question now is, when does he come back? Um, are you concerned about this, I guess, long-term for the rest of the season? And how exactly, again, we're talking about a guy that Pac just mentioned. I said last week that he's my MVP frontrunner. And... Now, how does this affect his MVP chances, right? There's a lot at stake here. Yeah, and there is a lot at stake here, obviously, in, in terms of that. And Hurts is such such a great season. You want him to to be able to have something to show for he's that. One, he's one, one touchdown away from the single-season uh, rushing record from quarterbacks. Oh, wow. Yeah, one touchdown that. away. He's one away from McCam Newton's 20... I think 2015. I think it was, I think 2015. It was 2015. That 20, was the yeah, when he won MVP, right? So, like, Hurts has had such a special season. Like you said, the Eagles have been so good. Yeah, you want him to collect all the accolades. You can. It would be nice to get that record. It would be nice to win MVP. I think, in the grand scheme of things, the smartest thing to do for the Eagles were to be to just shut him down completely, maybe get him in in Week 18, just so he has a little bit of rhythm going into the playoffs because if you shut him down for the rest of the season, it's going to be, what are the three weeks left? Yeah. Plus a bye in the first round, which we presume at this point the Eagles are going to get. I think even with Gardner Minshew at quarterback, this is still a very good football team with a capable backup. So, so a capable backup that's also playing for a contract because exactly. he's a free agent next year. So, and we both know that there's a lot of teams. I mean, look at Mitch, look what Mitch Trubisky did. He was... Pretty solid as a backup on, on the Bills that he ended up getting a starting job, which he ultimately lost. But there are still job openings for Absolutely. quarterbacks next Absolutely. year. With There's a lot of desperate teams who are maybe going to need a bridge guy, and, and Gardner Minshew could very well earn that earn that role. So, I mean, you looked at their schedule before we started recording today. I know they got the Cowboys this week, yeah, they but they also got the Saints and the, the Giants. The Giants. So like, they just need one win to clinch. They need one win, and I think you can one. easily go 2-1 with Gardner Minshew because everyone's going to step up on this team. You got Dallas Goddard, who's activated off IR today. AJ Brown's having a career year. Devontae Smith's breaking out. Miles Sanders did nothing last week, and they still won. So you got so many weapons that can play a role and, and help to lift this team even further. That I think the safe thing to do is just make sure he's healthy, he's all okay for the playoffs, and go because you you got a great chance to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, absolutely. So you're saying you're saying that you, if you were the Eagles, you would rest him until the playoffs. Yeah, I would look at. His health for sure the next two weeks, I think, just yeah. to be safe. And then uh, week eighteen, uh, yes. maybe give him some reps, maybe let him play a half if he's if he's able to. Okay, so so um let's say that does happen. Now do you remove him from the MVP race? Uh I I, I mean I already said last week I think Mahomes is already the MVP. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm just I saying think is he was he, already leading. like are his chances in your book are they out of the window now? They're not completely out of the window. Like Mahomes could very well go down the road here have a disastrous final stretch of the season. And we all know how important December is in the MVP race. It's all about recency bias in this league. Of course. And he can he can lose it. And I think then Jalen Hurts could vault himself in. Um, Joe Burrow had a comeback win on Sunday. Josh Allen played one of the best games of, of his season on Saturday against the Dolphins. So I think it's still open. I wouldn't count out Hurts yet. If he does miss the season, It's or the rest of the season is going to be an uphill climb. 
But uh, to me, it's still Mahomes. I think Mahomes is going to go on to win it. I mean, they barely beat the Texans this weekend, but he did set an NFL record. Yeah, he played good, too. He made some really clutch throws yeah. and some clutch 80, moments. 80% completion percentage yeah, yeah. with 40 passing attempts. Absolutely. I mean, again, we're speculating here because we don't actually know the extent of the injury. They're just deeming it a sprained throwing shoulder. So we don't know. I mean, I I, I want to believe that if, if it was a playoff game on Sunday, he'd find a way to play, yeah. right? So, I mean, okay, we're talking MVP. We're talking Jalen Hurts. If he misses the next three games, let's say worst case scenario, he misses the next three games, and and what does it have to do with his MVP? I, I was I was thinking to myself all day, even yesterday too, because I had to back up my take now that I that I said last week, right? Yeah. So, hypothetically speaking, let's say he misses three games. If the Eagles struggle in all three of those games, it, it, does, it shows more value. It does yeah. Hurts win the MVP now? But again. We're talking about the MVP award. It's called MVP, but it's actually more like a quarterback who's the best offensive quarterback of the year. So if 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 it's truly MVP and the Eagles do struggle, let's say Kurtz does miss three games. I mean, by definition, he's he wins most valuable player, right? But we're talking three missed games. Patrick Mahomes could put up 10 touchdowns in those three games. And then suddenly, like we're talking about the MVP is goes to Patrick Mahomes because he's got 45 touchdown passes and the number two seed in the AFC, right? That's that's a good way of looking at it. Um, I That reminded me, I want to call out your your buddy Micah Parsons with his take that he had this past week saying that it's just the team and the Eagles and he was... I that mean, might come through. That might come true. Listen, I, I respect Micah Parsons' ability to just, no fear, call it how it is. I do think he's got to be careful because they could very well meet in the playoffs. I know he wanted to play Jalen Hurts. Yeah, of course. And you have to respect that that competitive edge that he has. He's clearly confident in his abilities. He's confident in his team. But Jalen Hurts made some throws this past Absolutely. weekend that were just like, wow. Right in the bucket, hitting A.J. Brown, hitting Devontae Smith in stride. Tight coverage. I know he didn't have any touchdowns. I know one of his rushing touchdowns, I could have ran it in because it was... The biggest <laughs> the opening, yes, yeah. the biggest in NFL history, I think. Um, but let's give him some respect, and and I like how you brought up the true meaning of the award, the most valuable player, um, and and I think we can see just how important he is to the Eagles. And and listen, I think Gardner Mitchell is a great quarterback or a good quarterback, um, but I think we're going to see how important he is, even if they win. And I yeah. think they could win games. I just don't think it's going to be as flawless as they've been. Because when the Eagles are on their game, I think they're the best team in the NFL. It's, 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 it's hard to debate against it. I, I want to go. I want to touch on that Michael Parsons thing. So we don't actually talk about it. I think it's great, the fact that he came out and said that. I think it's perfect. It's the Eagles and Cowboys rivalry. Like, it doesn't get better than that. Yeah. Right? People are crying and saying, oh, got to respect Jalen Hurts, all this, what. What do you want him to bend the knee? Is he his king? No, he's a rival. You're gonna. You, what are you gonna? You, you can't. It's it's a rivalry, guys. Like you're forgetting about Cowboys and Eagles. These teams don't like each other. They're not supposed to like each other. Isn't that isn't that good for the rivalry? That one of the best young players I, on the Cowboys. I think, I think that's telling too that it's it's young players that are doing. That yeah, are, they're just cl- coming to the league. They're clamping. That's what you want to see. You want to see it. It adds more. It adds more to the to the game. If if if. If Cowboys and Eagles need more to, more selling points to for either matchups, anyways, it's not like they need any more, but it, it adds an extra factor. You're like, oh yeah, these two guys like they're clamping back and forth. I don't want to see nothing soft. It's a violent sport. 
Go out and talk your shit. No, it's not. It's not what you want to see. At least for me. Again, we're just talking heads here, and I, I, I'm giving Jalen Hurts all the respect in the world. But if I was on the Cowboys, and or or vice versa, if I was in the Eagles and I or one of those teams, and someone had asked me what I think of that other guy, I would I wouldn't say nothing. I would I would just talk. You wouldn't hype him up. No, no shot. Why would you? I hype think him I'm up? different. I've lost my competitive edge, though. See, but you, as, you as want, gotten you want to be you want to be competitive, and 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 in a sport like football, in a rivalry like the Cowboys and Eagles, what Mike Parsons said, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I thought people blew away out of proportion. Sure, yeah, Eagles fans are going to cry, Cowboys fans are going to cry, whatever that has to do. But the amount of people that were like, "Oh, shame on Micah Parsons for saying that," like, what are you? Come on, you know. What are we playing chess? Here? I like it too. It, it's fun. It, it is. is. Fun. It's absolutely fun. Like people are crying and like we're playing checkers and, and cards, whatever. Moving on. Am I concerned? Again, going back to Jalen Hurts' injury now. The only problem I see with him sitting out the last, let's say he sits out three or two, even two weeks. Let's say he sits out two weeks and then he comes out and plays one game, which is a week 18 game. Let's say he plays half that game. If that, if they have the number one seed set up, he plays a couple snaps just to get it back into the thing. Then they have another buy. We're yeah. talking about like a, a, a three-week... It's a month. It's a month off. It's a month off. I mean, a little more, almost five weeks. Back yeah. to their first playoff game. Like, yeah. that's a lot. I don't know. There's, I, that's war. If, it, if this injury happened in week four, nobody's, nobody's going to talk about it. But I think that's an, an element that may rise some concern. Like, if we're talking about the future outlook of the Eagles, again, I agree 100%. When the Eagles are playing their brand of football they might be the best team in the league, right? But does a month off or just half a game of football before your next game, which is ultimately going to be your first playoff game, like that's got to be some sort of factor here, you know? I think I think to that I'll say, and, and, and I've said this before about the Eagles and, and why to me they're so impressive. You talk about, especially for a quarterback, rhythm, timing, getting in a groove is so important. And you can lose that very easily. Momentum's just, huge Just by sitting out. We, we see teams do that when they have the bye and they just miss one week. And they go play a team that just played a playoff game the week before. Sometimes they're not as ready. They're not as prepped. Heck, it happened to the Cowboys. It, it happened to the Cowboys in 2016. Remember when the Cowboys had the, the Packers? They had right? the number one seed. Yeah. They rested their starters in week, eight, week 17 at the time. Um Romo had played that game against the Eagles. Remember, that was Romo's last game as a Cowboy. And so the Cowboys starters had two weeks off. They were down 28 to three in like the first half against the Packers. Like that starting slow is a real thing when you have just even a week, two weeks off. Imagine a month off. I don't know. It's again, it's hypothetically speaking. We're talking about a really good Eagles team. And if there's a team that can make it work, even if Eagles, even if Hurts is a little rusty, if he were to return and we're all obviously talking, if he's were going to miss three games or, or two and a half games, it's the Eagles because they're so, they're just com- like, they're one of the most complete teams. Exactly. That we've seen. And then uh, like they can do it in different ways. Yes. Like they can beat you in the air. They can beat you on the ground. They can beat you on the ground with different guys. Yeah. Um, different, like there's so many different attack points of yeah, their offense. Absolutely. And I think that's why they're the one team to make it work. But yeah, it's, it's very real. That sort of early slumping in the playoffs because you're not as, you're not as fresh or sorry, you're not as warm as, yeah, as the team you're playing against. The, to me, you brought up the Cowboys example. The one that sticks out to me is uh chiefs Texans when the, when the chiefs came back from what, 20 to nothing. And oh, yeah, that's right. They ended up winning the game because of the greatness of the team. Yeah. But yeah, that was another one. Slow start coming off a bye. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Eagles. We'll see what happens with Jalen Hurts. Both you and I think 
they'll wrap up and, and, and clinch that one seed, yeah, even absolutely. if he misses time. Fact, they might even beat the I, – I, I wouldn't put it past them to beat the Cowboys on Sunday because I genuinely think the team is so good that, they're, that they'll be able to win with a, with a Gardner Minshew-led team, right? I mean, the Cowboys kept it close with uh, Cooper Rush, so now it's another battle of starter versus backup. We'll see if the Cowboys can get the best of them this time. Yeah. But uh, before we, we get into the hammer, let's talk about another team – Making a big push. Min- Minshew's old team. Minshew's old team and your Jaguars. Yeah, my Jaguars. My your Jaguars. Jaguars. We've both been... The, the cycle of the Jaguars kind of... It's a roller coaster. It started like it started this, off and then it just went boom. Incredible. Lost like five in a row. Lost to the Texans. Yeah. Um, oh, that's their one win. Yeah. We were, we were talking about it off air. When, who the one win against the Texans? It was the uh, Jaguars. The they lost yeah, six, wow. 16 to six, something yeah. like that. It was, it was embarrassing. And, and Trevor Lawrence had some bad weeks early on, but in his last four games, he's been incredible. Last I think six, his last six. Last six games. Last six yeah. games, he's 157 of 223 for 1,600 passing yards, 14 touchdowns to one pick. He actually has 16 touchdowns because two rushing. Those are just his passing touchdowns. And they're one game out of the NFC. And they control, the, sorry, the AFC South. Um, and they control their... Their own destiny, really, right? They have the tiebreaker, yeah. yeah they, they got the, the Jets Titans again. They got the Jets on Thursday on the road. They got the Texans, and then they got the Titans in Week 18. We're talking about a potential Week 18 that could be a Sunday Night Football flex um, if it is indeed up for the division. I and I believe it will be. I think we're talking about a legitimate playoff contending team. We touched on upon it last year, last week. We said that the Lions and the and the Jaguars; those are two teams that um, are playing their best football right now, and they're showing it right. They're, and they could, even if they do lose one of these next two games against the Texans or the Jets, they still are technically in it. They just need the Titans to lose um, to the Cowboys or the Texans, right? Because they both play the Texans in the last three games. So if they lose one, the Titans need to lose one, and then that Week 18 game is still going to be for the division, which it's sure looking like it. And, and if you had to put money on it today, Pac, let's say I gave you 100 bucks, I said, Pac, go put money on the... On the AFC South winner. So I'm actually not looking at making a bet on the AFC South winner. I'm actually looking at betting on one of these teams to win the Super Bowl. Because right now, the Jaguars are plus 7,500 to win the Super Bowl. Wow. And the Titans are plus 6,000 to win the Super Bowl. One of these teams is going to win the division, of course. Which means one of them is going to get a home game in the playoffs. Which is very valuable. Yeah. And... Right now, it is Titans versus Ravens if the playoffs started today. It could very well be Jaguars versus Ravens. Jaguars already beat the Ravens this year. All I'm saying is there's there's not much to split these teams. And you all, can hedge all that t- bet all the way. All I care about is the hedge. The Jaguars aren't going to win the Super Bowl. The Titans aren't going to win the Super Bowl. I'm confident enough to say that on this show. It's being recorded, and it could always be clipped three months from now and saying, look, one of these teams... I'm confident they're not going to win the Super Bowl. I'll say my, that. You're, it's going to get clipped like my Christian McCaffrey take. I see comments on our thing like on my on my 49ers. Oh, you still see that? You see my for, the 49ers clip that we posted about Brock Purdy? Yeah. Some guy commented, "We're actually listening to this guy. He said the Christian McCaffrey trade wouldn't do anything for the 49ers." <laughs> so what we're saying is legit here, Puck. You're putting it all in. Yeah, you and think I, the Jaguars are winning the Super Bowl? But I'm that's still a bold claim. I still want to bet them to win the Super Bowl um, because if you get a team that's plus 7500, you, you got a hundred bucks on that. You can put 500 on on the team that's going to play in the first playoff game 
the Jaguars could win and you're still in a position. You got like $6,000 worth of so, hedging. If you're into the hedging game, which I believe is a great tactic and one of the, I mean, it's hard to be Vegas. Let, let's be honest. If you're into it's the a good way, game, it's a good way to get your edge though. There is so much value right now in one of these teams. You just got to pick the right one. Team to make the playoffs. Yes. And that brings us into our conversation. Who is it going to be? I said it last week, I think. I don't want it to be week 18. The flex is the Titans versus the Jaguars because I just don't think that's all that exciting. But after watching Trevor Lawrence this week, dice up your Cowboys. This guy's box office, man. Like there's, There is a very real ascension of Trevor Lawrence in year two. And I've, I've been saying this since week one. This isn't year two for Trevor Lawrence. This is year one for Trevor Lawrence because... Yeah. His coach last year, his situation, his his roster well, was a disaster. So you mean Urban Meyer is not like the greatest coach ever? I mean, it's him and Josh McDaniels right now. For, 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 <laughs> the for Hall the of Fame crown. coaches. <laughs> and and Josh McDaniels looks like Vince Lombardi compared to Urban Meyer. That's that's how big the gap is. So I mean Trevor Lawrence is having a, a breakout year. You you said his numbers. I don't need to say them again, but he is he's dominating. Yeah. Um and, and they're exciting. And I think if he was playing in a bigger market in a more storied franchise and a franchise that often isn't seen as a laughing stock, there would be a lot more attention on him. And there already is some attention just because of, you know, his pathway to the NFL, his legendary run in Clemson. But but it's very real and, and I mean you're picking the hotter team right now. A lot of people would, would would pick the Jaguars. I picked the Titans in the hammer last week, saying this is a good team. They're just in a little rut. They're gonna get out of it. Tannehill's banged up now. Tannehill's banged up. I mean Do they, they do they genuinely beat the Texans this week if Tannehill doesn't play? I don't know. The Texans are playing pretty solid. I'll say this. Mike Vrabel's an outstanding coach. He is. They almost beat the Chiefs with Malik Willis. Yeah. So I think no, they, they find ways to to roll with Derrick Henry. The defense has got to play strong. They almost beat the Chargers, who, I, who we think are a good team. They, they didn't cover the spread, but it was a push. Mm-hmm. So I didn't lose my hammer pick because of them. 101 this a week, tie, by the way. You were 2-0. No, no losses in, in our hammer this week, which is impressive. We're going to get there in a second. But... To sum all this up, the Jaguars are, are great. great. Loving Trevor Lawrence. If I'm picking today to win the division, my Super Bowl bet, plus 6,000 Titans or plus 7,500 Jaguars, I'm still picking the Titans. Yeah, I, I, Again, I the Jaguars' time will come. I want to see what this team is made of now. It would be nice to see. I think I, I, if I had to pick, I'm going with the Jags. But what's kind of triggering me a little bit, and I'm not even a Jags fan by any means, is the fact that they played the Cowboys and everyone's talking about the game about, oh, the Cowboys blew it. Rather than talking about the Jaguars in the sense that, like, the Jags are good, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about a good team. Well, they came they back might against be better the Raiders, than the, too. Just because, let's say the Titans do go and win this division. I genuinely do believe that the Jaguars are still the better team. I think it's just the experience might knock them. Because when it comes down to it, it's not about talent, when you get into the late months of December and, and January, it's about experience and who's ultimately, I don't want to say who wants it more because everyone wants it, but you know what I mean? There's that extra factor that, that talent necessarily can't buy you a ticket to the next round. It could, but more often than not, you see talented teams fall short because of lack of preparation and just overall mental, mental makeup. And, and I do believe that Trevor Lawrence is is different. I think he is a superstar in the making. I think we're watching a breakout. I do believe that, I mean, there's probably three or four quarterbacks that I would take over him if I was starting a if I was starting a franchise tomorrow. Um, but with that being said, I'm going to take the Jags. I do believe the Jags are going to host a playoff game. I 
I didn't even know they would be playing the Raiders if the, or sorry the Ravens if they were hosting that playoff Just game. Right I, now, that's all going to change. Of course, like, of yeah. course. But I'm saying right now, I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars would beat the Baltimore Ravens at home in the playoffs if they played right now. If the game was tomorrow and they were in the playoffs and you had to travel to Jacksonville. Well, if the game them. was tomorrow, I mean, I don't know if you'd have Lamar Jackson there. Okay, Sunday. And Lamar <laughs> Jackson is playing. I, I would take the Ravens. I'm taking the Jags. I'm taking the Jags, Paul. I think, I think you're, you're, you're being a little too much prisoner of the moment. This is a good team, but they've also had some real, real bad spots. I don't think the defense is ready yet. Cam Robinson is also injured. Cam Robinson out for the year, which yeah. is a big part of the row line. I don't think the defense is, is ready yet. Like they're, they're on this great run. But they're being placed on the shoulders of Trevor Lawrence yeah. right well, now. Well, they need he's, 40 points. They need 40 them. points to beat the Cowboys. It is unrealistic to ask Trevor Lawrence, a guy who is only in his second year in the NFL, to, to, to keep up this level of play week in and week out. Yeah. And that's why I'm picking the Titans, and, and that's why I, I'm... Well, again, you can't go against variable. He's, he puts his guys in positions to win all the time. He is one of, if not, I mean, one of the most elite coaches in the league, and I really do believe that. But... I think Jacksonville's got something cooking there. Sun God is coming out. Doug Peterson, he's buzzing. Former Super Bowl winning head coach. You know, we're talking about something serious building in Jacksonville that Jacksonville could really run. Like, we're talking about outlook. We talked about the Colts earlier. The Titans, I mean, sure, they're going to be around there just because they have Vrabel, but from a personal standpoint, not, not great. looking great. The Texans are just lost. I mean, assuming Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or Will Levis, whoever they take out one, can change that franchise around. It's still a long shot. But we're talking about Jacksonville. They could run that division for, a, for the next couple of years at least, right? And that leads us uh, right to the hammer, the favorite, our favorite segment of the week. I said I sensed an undefeated week last week. And it we're happened. T- right. Wait, we had a push. That's not a I, loss. I should have been 2-0, but whatever. I, even, I think they were 3.5. At one point, and I, but I think I said three on the show last week plus three. So whatever, I'm I'll be fair, give myself the push. But the push. Uh, I need that. I think I'm pretty much mathematically in the middle. I don't have my record up here. My my mine's, 15, mine's fifteen and eleven. I have two pushes. Um, I think I'm somewhere like I think I can clinch with a one and one this week. I think I clinched the 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 sole the hammer champion. I think I'm like 11, 13, and, and 2. Oh, so maybe I did clinch already. Yeah, you might have clinched already. So we'll see. Actually, there's three weeks. But yeah, this, this, is, this is the holiday episode. It is so the holiday we episode. We should just pick every game, but we're it only going to do two. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do have the first pick. You do have the first pick, Pac. All right. Um, I'm going to pick a team that I picked last week. And I picked them last week because of their record against the spread. Um, and when you're looking to turn your way around what you like to do is go against the trends the Cincinnati Bengals are the best team in the NFL covering the spread this season I believe they're 12 and th- oh, no sorry 11 and 3 through 15 weeks 14 games very very impressive stuff from Joey B I took them last week I turned on the TV and I saw it was 17 nothing for the bucks and I said of course the one week I take them they don't cover the spread <laughs> they ended up storming back winning that game easily so I'm going to take them again they go into New England, a team that we talked about is an absolute joke. Joke. Yes, it's on the road, but I'm going to take them at three and a half points because these games are so valuable for the Bengals because they're vying for, what, the three seed, the two seed, maybe even the one seed. They're also vying for their division, so they got to keep that lead over the Ravens. Give me the Bengals, plus three and a half on the road against the Patriots. Lock it in. And I'm going to take my Jacksonville Jaguars. Minus one. 
on the road against the Jets. Zach Wilson-led Jets. It's going to be cold. It's going to be chilly, windy. I don't know if I trust Zach Wilson's noodle arm with uh, with that interception that he wanted to throw in. I don't even know who it was. Reached over and caught it somehow. But we're talking about Zach Wilson. Just, uh, we'll, I don't want to go on and ramble on about, uh, about Zachary over there, but we're talking... Jacksonville Jaguars minus one. Give me the points. They're going to win by seven points, at least minimum seven, maybe even 10. This could be, this could get ugly here. I'm telling if, you, Puck. If, if Zach Wilson pulls this win out. Okay. Oh, I mean, Legacy I can't, game. I can't say, I can't say next week on the show, I'll clown myself because there is no next week. So maybe I'm, I'll be running from it a bit, but it could be a legacy game. for Zach Listen, Wilson. Zach Wilson legacy game. He was second overall pick in this draft. Trevor Lawrence was the first perfect storyline for the NFL. Primetime football Thursday night. He wins. The Jets are now what? Eight and seven. It's still an uphill battle to make the playoffs just because the Chargers are ahead now. You know, all these teams, similar record. Mike White's back healthy. Who do you go with at quarterback? Mike White. Yeah, he's easily. <laughs> but I'll give you this. If we're talking about legacy game or, or the, the, the um, future or the past, I should say. I'm getting, them, I'm getting those mixed up here. The past. So the Jets, this was about... Three years ago, it was three years ago yesterday, the Jets had beat the Rams and that game knocked them out of the first overall contention. That, yeah. Who who they would they have, have drafted? Who would they have drafted if they had got first overall? Trevor Lawrence. I remember that and I was thinking like... We're going to go from Brady man. to Trevor Lawrence? Would have been brutal. Gonna, we already got Josh Allen. That was the year Josh Allen sort of broke yeah, out. We yeah. already got Josh Allen in this division. The Patriots are going to get a new quarterback. We just got two... Uh, and now Trevor Lawrence is going to come in. Like, are you kidding me? Thank goodness. I mean, Mike White's no slouch too. But anyways, my next pick, my last pick, what I'm about to say, it's all going to come clear to you listeners who heard my record. You're going to understand why I'm last when, when I'm about to pick this team. Maybe I'm a sucker for doing this. But hey, I, I like the value. The Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, I'm taking I like this it, team. Hawk. They're plus three. Against the fraudulent against the Steelers. Steelers. The Steelers. The fraudulent Steelers are terrible. Steelers. They're, terrible. They're, they're a bad football team. Yeah. It's okay. prime time. Sunday night football. It's the anniversary of the immaculate reception. So maybe that has some value. Maybe that's why the Steelers are favorites. I don't know. I don't know how you can honestly sit there and tell yourself you think the Steelers are going to win this game. Yeah, sure. The The Raiders might go up 31-3 to and, and, and win 31-27, to but they're still going to cover the spread. Even if they can lose, then yeah, they can't and, lose. and they cover the spread because I'm getting three points. Give me the Raiders. They're a far better team than the Steelers. If they weren't such chokers, they'd probably be in the playoffs right now. Yep. So I'm going to take the Las Vegas Raiders plus three. Lock it in. I'm, I'm taking another three point. Uh, you know what? Now that I noticed, it's the week of the cat. I'm taking all the cats. I got the, the I got the Jags and I got your Lions. And I took Pac. the Bengals. Yeah. Oh, you took the Bengals. That's a, the, yeah, the week of the cat. Lions minus three against the Panthers. Another cat. Six and one of the last seven games. Top 10 in our power rankings. Top 10. This is a team. Dang, are they, are they ahead of the Dolphins? Nope. Okay, good. One behind. All right. They're number That's 10. Yeah. Dolphins are nine. The, the Dolphins beat them, by the way. Just yeah. so everyone, everyone remembers that. We're talking about the Lions here. The Lions. Dan Campbell, kneecap biter, whatever you want to call him. These guys are legit. I wonder what Dan Campbell... What do you think Dan Campbell gets for Christmas? You think he gets cold? No, he doesn't celebrate Christmas. No. All time, so yeah. Right now, he's just focused on the season. Yeah, you know what? I I could see that. I could see Dan Campbell waking up Christmas morning and his kids want. Does he? I don't know if he has no, no, kids. No, I'm but. just he he's so he he so celebrates Christmas. He's not he's not like a Belichick so dialed in. He's just fun. Dan yeah, Campbell you know what? He, he definitely does. Yeah, he definitely he definitely does. Christmas. He, he wakes up, dresses up, everything. Probably like meets Santa. gingerbread houses, gingerbread yeah. cookies. 
And then he just goes and wins. Yeah. What do you get? What do you ask? What did you ask for Christmas this week? Um, this year, Buck? Not a whole lot, yeah. man. Just, socks, and, socks and underwear? Yeah, socks are always key. All, all those essentials. Um, Dolphins playoff win. That's yeah. what I'm asking for. You know what? I got a, I got a beautiful sweater. I, I, I ordered it specifically for this show, and I'm pissed off because it didn't come in. Um, it says, Dear Santa, all I want for Christmas is a Dallas Cowboy Super Bowl. And then underneath it says, P.S. I've been good. I thought it would be cool to watch, cool to wear on the show. Uh, instead, I got this beautiful NFL jam, Mike Parsons, Trayvon Diggs. Um, that is a cool shirt. You no, know, it's pretty cool, no? Yeah. Where'd you get that? NFL shop? NFL shop. Nice. I wanted a little bender there, you know. Cat's locks have been treating me nice, so I just had to spray a little Wish bit. I could say the same. You know, not bad, but I, I can't say I asked for much for Christmas. I usually get socks, underwear, the essentials, because my dog likes to eat my socks. Um and uh yeah money i guess uh that's that's sort of christmas as you get older you know it gets boring i don't think it gets boring it doesn't get boring but the excitement of of, busier yeah the excitement of of opening up gifts it's yeah you lose it obviously i mean again i'm sure my parents will end up giving me my brother something but it's not like when you were five years old six years old used to wait on the on the uh stairs and And your parents would be like, no, 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 let me get the camera, let me get the camera. But they were probably putting the gifts underneath for, you know, we're not, we can't, no spoilers on this show. I don't know how old our listeners are, but, you know, sometimes Santa, Santa can give you some good gifts or he could give you coal. So make sure you're, you're being good, you know, um, all love, holiday season, be nice to everybody, you know. Yeah. I know some people are ultimately very rude in, in, in sometimes in our comment sections. I get it, whatever, you know, t- tension, tension builds and, and there's some, some banter that goes back and forth, but it's the holiday season. Be extra nice. Next time you, you think to send that message to the anonymous person that you're replying to on their uh, Instagram comments, just take it back. It's just just football, save it for January. Yeah. Save it for the playoff time. But not now. You know, it's holiday season. Enjoy with your friends and family. I'm going to enjoy with my friends and family down south in the nice warm while, while Pac's up here and freezing. freezing cold weather. You know, I'll I'll be I'll be close to his Miami Dolphins. Maybe I'll see two at the golf said, course. Go to the game, January because you know the Dolphins might not be the playoffs. So no, two we're is, making the playoffs. Two is two is a member two, at Grand Oaks. Wins. I golf there when I'm in Florida. Same with you know who else is a member at uh, Grand Grand Oaks. Same two is a member there. Dan Marino. Nope. Brian Flores. Two is best friend. Oh yeah, yeah. There's no way he's they probably golf together. Maybe they probably never. I heard last year at this time. Now we're just getting way off topic. Trying to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. I heard Flores complain to Tua. I told him you golf too much. You're not focused enough on football. And it's what true. Tua, it is true though. What because did Tua do? MVP season. Yeah, MVP. You know what? But Tua does. He grinds. He yeah, grinds on the golf course. He never played before. He yeah. learned completely in Miami. Yeah, I, I have a I have a buddy of mine that's uh, that's a member there, and he said that he sees Tua all the time, all the time. He sees him early in the morning too. Like if he's going there at five o'clock in the morning, Tua's there. Maybe he goes golf and then goes. And he goes to practice. And he goes throw dots to Tyree Kill. Right. Talk what about a dual threat quarterback, triple threat actually. Stuart's got some legs on him. No legs. <laughs> no legs? No. All right. Well, hey, that wraps up our uh, Christmas edition or holiday edition um, episode. We'll see you guys in the new year. Yep. Unless we do some sort of, we might do some live maybe streams. You might Zoom maybe, call. I'll show off my tan next time. You'll, you'll see I'll be a shade darker um, on the show. Um, and yeah, Pac will still be the same, you know, be pale and look Croatian. Maybe... Trim my beard a little bit. Ah, a little bit. Freshen up for the holidays. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna, I, I actually have to shave my beard because my grandparents don't let me. They get really upset. Oh, really? Not, not, know. not upset. They don't make me shave my whole beard. But if it's really long, yeah, they'll they'll make a comment. I already had to get my I got my hair cut today because nice. my 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 grandmother or um, I call her my nonna. She gets really upset at me when, yeah. when I got long hair. She says I look like a mess. So 
and cut my hair. And, you know, I go Christmas Eve Saturday. But uh, we'll see you guys all in the new year. Uh, Merry Christmas if you celebrate Christmas. Happy holidays. Um, Have a safe sort of next stretch of two weeks. And we'll see you guys in January. Take care, guys. Have a good one. See you guys.